Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. So I was having a conversation the other day with a good friend of mine, and he, he was talking to me, he said, man, it can't be Sunday every day, can it? And I was like, you know what? You're right, it can't. But what if it was? What if, what if, what if every day we somehow incorporated the elements of a Sunday morning that, that we experience on a Sunday? What would that look like for our lives? And so this next slide is just the only other slide we're going to do, and it just kind of gives us a, uh, a glimpse. And this is not exhaustive. There's probably other things that you could probably bring to the table. But as we were just talking about, and I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what do we experience, what is the benefit, what do we get from a Sunday morning when we come together to be together in this place? Well, one of the things that my friend was talking about is like, you know, I love coming to church because I'm around like-minded people. I'm around people that believe the same thing that I believe. Not 100% accurately across the board, but for the most part, we believe the same thing. And we're all kind of on the same page. Um, they support me. They encourage me. There was a time where he said he stood up for prayer in a service and people came to him and prayed for him. He got that support and encouragement here on a Sunday morning. And, and so this message is not just for your graduates. It's for you, but it's also for everybody else that's listening to my voice whether it be here this morning or on the podcast later on, this, this word is for all of you. So, but, but graduates, especially think about, what does this mean for me? So the reality is this. Who you align yourself with every single day, every stage of your life is crucial. Who you put yourself around, who you choose to allow a voice in your life, who you listen to, who is speaking wisdom into your life, that's where Steve prayed about it. Like just the direction that you're headed and who you're going with is extremely important. The traditional college student, as you go off into the university and you go and you, you meet your roommates or, or you meet people at a, a gathering at the university or a party or a, just whatever it is, who you choose to align yourself with, who you want on your team matters. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but if you're a companion of fools, I promise you, you'll suffer harm, no matter what age you are. And so who you align yourself with is very important. So what are the benefits that we get from the support and encouragement that comes along with being aligned with people who believe the same thing or walking down the same path that you are? And where can we find it? So if we're, if we're going out and we need, we're searching for these things on a daily, where can we find them? Well, for one... Once you get into college or to work or whatever, you can find it maybe in, in some type of a ministry, a small group maybe. Maybe if you are going away from this place and you're going to go to a different church, you align yourself with the, with the youth group or a group of young adults or a Bible study or a small group. And listen, if you're a young person, I encourage you not just to stay around people your age. Find some people a little bit older than you. Find some people older than you that can speak some wisdom into your life. Maybe just someone at the next step up, or maybe even someone that's a lot older than you. 
Because they've been there and done that already, and they can kind of give you some encouragement and some advice of how to avoid some of the pitfalls of life. And then listen to them. Listen to their wisdom. If you're going to college, find a campus ministry. My, my daughter's experienced life at the Baptist Student Union up at Missouri Western. They, they develop life groups. They call them life groups because they are doing life together. They're experiencing life together. And that was crucial. I really, really, uh, just I think about my youngest daughter, Eliza. She, uh, man, her last year of high school was hard. But man, when she got to college, she rebelled in the opposite direction. She jumped into everything that was good in the Baptist Student Union, made good friends, and started to make some incredible choices. And it was very, very, as a parent, it was like, thank you, Lord. Maybe you find some support and encouragement in the hallway of a hospital as you're walking out one day. So, so just a few days ago, I was at uh, St. Luke's Berry Road, and while I was there to visit uh, Brady and Carrie Rogers' grandparents, so it's Carrie's dad's mom and dad. They've been married 74 years. We saw this picture yesterday, the two of them in hospital beds laying right next to one another holding hands. My guess is it won't be long and they'll be with Jesus together. It's like better than the notebook, if you've ever seen the notebook. It's a beautiful picture. They've loved each other since they were in uh, early adolescence. And they've loved each other faithfully all these years. And, and so I was walking out. And then I, I was walking out and I stopped. I was like, ooh, yeah, I forgot. I saw another guy. And he said his wife was up on the fourth floor. She was sick. And he asked me if I would go see her. So I was like, ooh, Okay. You know how I am. I don't say no very easily. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll go back up. So I went up and I go and I go in her room. And I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes as a pastor going to visit somebody in the hospital, one of the best things you can find is them sleeping. Because you're like, oh, that's so sweet. She's sleeping. I don't want to have to bother her or wake her up or have an awkward moment. So I'll just pray while I'm standing here and then I will walk out. (laughs) So I walked out. Well, when I was walking down uh, the, uh, the hallway, I run into, well, actually, I was leaving the, her room, and I hear this lady talking to the nurses. And so we're walking down together, and then we get on the elevator. You know how that goes, right? But I'm not afraid to talk to people on the elevator, people. Believe it or not, I'm not afraid. I'm like, so, but she wasn't afraid either because she started the conversation. She's like, oh, are you in for the long haul, too, these hospitals? They just wear you out. I was like, yeah, yeah, it can be difficult. It can be really hard on the family. And I said, hey, so what, who's here? And she's like, oh, it's my mom. And I said, what's your mom's name? Her, name, her name's Beverly. What's your name? My name is Melanie. And I was like, Melanie, um, can I pray for you? Oh, my gosh. She started to cry. She goes, I've waited all day long for somebody to pray for me. And God sent you here to, to support me and encourage me. Complete stranger, hugged her, prayed for her, went outside. She kept telling about her sick cat and some other things, you know. You need to just listen. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm not praying for your cat, all right? <laughs> if it's a dog, maybe, but a cat, no. I'm not, <laughs> not going there. And I prayed, then, she, then we just prayed again for her mom's healing, for her appetite to come back or whatever. So then I went back the next day, and I got a chance to go see the, the original person I was going to go see. She was awake then, and some encouragement, help, prayed for her. And then I went to, found the room where Beverly is, and there was a doctor in there. 
and we got a chance to all pray together again. So my point is, is you can support and encourage one another on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday. I love this quote from this guy who does, uh, he does these videos on, uh, online. His name is M-E-I-R-K. His last name is K. Have you ever seen this guy, Meyer or Mir K? Look that up. M-E-I-R, last name K. He, he shot this video, and uh, in this quote it says, Wherever there is a human, there is a chance for kindness. Small steps make a big difference. And he shot this video of a homeless man that they took, and they gave him a makeover. They cleaned him up. They got him some new clothes, took him out to eat, and helped him get a job. It was beautiful. Support and encouragement. That couldn't have happened on a Sunday morning. It had to happen at a different time. He says, wherever there's a human, there's a chance for kindness. And then Mother Teresa, of course, you've heard this, this quote before, do small things with great what? You guys know? Love. Small things with great love. Hebrews 12 or 10.24 says, spur one another on to love and good works, right? In the New Living Translation, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think, let us be purposeful and intentional about thinking of ways to support someone and encourage them to do good works as well. I think once you've received good works, it's like it's almost natural then to want to say, oh man, I was so blessed, I want to turn around and give that away too. And then if you need it, if you need support and encouragement, let me give you some advice. Don't be afraid to ask for it. Don't walk in here, oh, well, everybody else's problems are bigger than mine. I'm sure they're busy. They don't, Brady doesn't have time. You know what? I can't fix it if I don't know it's broken. And if you need something and you need encouragement, let somebody know. And for crying out loud, if you go to the hospital, please tell me, like, at least while you're there. Not like a week after you're there. Oh, yeah, I was in the hospital last week. What? Why didn't you tell me? I didn't want to bother you. You're so busy. No, don't do that. If you are here today and you're hurting, tell somebody where where it hurts. Okay? Reach out. Okay, next piece. Worship. Okay, so we can't have the full band unless you could maybe talk uh, Vicky into coming and playing the cello for you every morning during your devotional time. Wouldn't that be awesome? Vicky would probably actually do that, and you just, just slip her some tip money, put a jar out, Vicky. There you go. There you go. But just look around you. Be amazed at God's creation. Listen to music while you work, exercise, drive. Put on worship music. Let it wash over you. To worship, listen to this, to worship means to bow oneself down. It is used in reference to God and to false idols. So it's not a figurative meaning, but a literal prostration of one's posture, laying down humbly, and getting as low as you can. All right, so think about this. Think about worship in this sense. So, the other day, I was, uh, by the way, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 29, because we're going to go there in just a minute. 
So the other day I was doing this stretch, and I'm not going to model the stretch for you here because I probably won't be able to get back up again. But I was doing this stretch, and while I was on the ground, my face close to the ground, I was stretching, our golden retriever comes into our bedroom, and she, all right, I got to do this. I got to show you what this looks like, all right? She, my wife is groaning over there. All right. So my dog literally gets down on her side, and she scoots up underneath my face. And I, like, I'm like this. I'm like doing this stretch, and I'm like right here. And she gets as low as she can possibly can to get up underneath me to get my attention. Do you see where I'm going with this? Are you willing to worship like that? To bow yourself down in such a way that you come up underneath God to get his attention? Like she would, she's relentless. She would not let it go. She's like, I, I guess you're here for me, right? Yeah, I'm here for you. God is here for you. Get in a position to receive. So Psalm 29, let's go there real fast. This is a good word. Is it, this is a, um, it's a good word of worship. So it's a Psalm of David, great king, great worshiper. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord, the Lord glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is above the waters. The glory of Lord, the, the God of glory thunders. And I was reading this the other day when it was thundering outside my home. The Lord above the vast water, the voice of the Lord in power, the voice of the Lord in splendor. It says, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Sirion like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the woodlands bare. In his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Can I get and amen. So, so good. To ascribe means to humbly give credit and acknowledgement to God for the attributes and characteristics that already belong to him. Isn't that amazing? We're just giving it right back to him. He already has it. It's not like we have anything we can really give God, but yet he still wants our worship. And we're just giving him back what it is that he's already given to us. Because it says it doesn't actually or literally mean that we actually possess any strength or glory apart from God that we can bestow upon him. If we have it, it's because he gave it to us. Therefore, it's only right that we'd want to give it back. Bible teaching, okay? So you're like, well, I can't come to, Brady can't come to my house and preach a sermon to me every day. And you're like, praise God, <laughs> My wife is like, oh, no, here comes a sermon, you know, when we get out the Bible. Actually, it's her really preaching to me, all right, just saying. 
Bible teaching. So there's access. Every day you can access blogs, podcasts, videos. Go to small groups and be around other people that are studying the Bible together. There is literally an endless amount of material that we can access, right? you, You could spend all day long just one sermon after another, listening and whatever. But... Let me, let me warn you this, students, like, what did I give you when, you when you came up here? What did I give you? Give you a Bible, right? Never allow any of those other things to completely replace opening up the pages of your very own copy of Scripture. That's why we give you those Bibles. I'll write in there, I'll say, let this Bible remind you of where you've been. Let it guide you to where you're going to go. But it cannot guide you unless you actually open it up and apply it to life. Psalm 119, verse 9 through 16 says, How can a young person keep his way pure, keep their way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way you revealed. You, um, the way you revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches, it says, I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Next one, serving. Okay? Yeah, obviously we want you to come. We want you to be a part. We want people serving and, and participating in the work of the church. The more hands we have serving, the lighter it becomes for everybody. Right? Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. And so we encourage you to be involved in that. But outside of church, volunteer. As you go off to college or work or wherever it is, find a place where you can go and give to somebody else instead of just receiving all the time. Go, volunteer, serve. You can, uh, you can do it at Hillcrest here in Platte City. You can do it uh, on the treasure chest on Wednesday nights. You can help out there. Uh, the schools, the schools are always looking for people to mentor younger students. They need people to come and to help encourage younger students. You can uh, be involved in the care portal where we, u- we uh, use our resources to bless uh, families in the Division of Family Services and support what's going on there with foster care and adoption, all those things. All kinds of ways that you can get involved. Don't wait till Sunday to do it. Monday, we need you on Monday and the rest of the week too. Jesus literally says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, it literally says Jesus left heaven, came to earth, and took on the very nature of a servant. Therefore, that's the very nature that we need to take on too. The very nature of a servant. And then, giving. Here we go. Pastor's going to talk about money. What's the last thing that you do that we encourage you to do as you walk out of here on a Sunday morning? What's the last act of worship that you participate in as you walk out? If you don't give online, and if you give here, you worship through your giving. So you're like, all right, so... It's not, I can't, you know, it's not Sunday, so how am I going to be able to give physically? Well, there are all kinds of opportunities you're going to run into throughout the week that you can actually participate and give. And so real quickly, I just want to share, just in the time that we have left together, the difference between a tithe and an offering, okay? So first of all, if you're going to give a tithe, then you would say right off the top, I'm going to look at my budget, so this is how much money I make. I say I make $1,000, right off the top, $100, boom, goes to the Lord. That's a tithe. That's 10%. But then throughout that month, throughout the week, you're thinking, hey, I ran into a homeless person, or I found out about this friend of mine who, 
who's really struggling, she's about $20 short on making her rent, or she needed some gas money, that's an offering. And you make an offering to the Lord. Or you might, we might say, hey, we have a, we're taking up a love offering here at the church. We've got a special offering for a missionary or whatever it is, a guest speaker. That's an offering. That's not your tithe. Tithe comes off the top. You say, you know what, Lord, uh, you gave me $900 to live on. Thank you very much, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to do the best I can with that. Because you've already given to the Lord. Uh, maybe an offering idea for you would be uh, buy someone's meal at a restaurant. Maybe you're at the grocery store and the person in front of you has just got like a couple, or they're behind you and they just got a couple items. You're like, hey, you know what? Just scan them on my bill. I'll take care of it. It's like 10 bucks. No big deal. I'll take care of it. And just let the person go. Maybe you just gave an offering. You just bless this person. Put, someone's, put gas in someone's car maybe. All kinds of different ideas. This, com- this idea of, of giving and receiving comes out of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Maybe you've heard it before. It says, bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And then Jesus, or the, the God says, test me in this way, says the Lord of the armies. See if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. And so you heard the testimony last week when Nathan stood up here and he talked about how, now this was pretty extreme, and I'm not asking you to give your first full paycheck, but that's what they did. And God turned around and gave it right back to them. That's the idea of saying, Lord, it belongs to you anyway. It's kind of like our worship. It belongs to him anyway. He gave it to us, so we just give it back, and we watch him bless us. If you want to see God show up in real, practical, tangible ways in your life, start trusting him. Start worshiping him. Start getting up underneath him. And watch how he'll use whatever it is that you offer him to bless you. It, I promise you, there's, there, there's the only way you're going to know it is if you do it. You cannot walk out of here and say, well, he gave me some things to practice, but I'm not going to practice them. Well, if you don't practice them, you're not going to benefit from them. You won't. There's just no way. The last thing I'm going to share with you before we finish up. So earlier in the week, I went to to Don's school, little, little uh, small school there in Liberty. It's North and Christian's uh, Liberty campus. Just a handful of kids, right, Don? There's only like, like 20 maybe? 20 little, little kids, bright eyes and full of ideas. And, just, and you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. That time with those kids is just as important as my time with you right now. It is. And I always learn something when I go and speak to kids. Like, you, you get taught. Uh, next week, Amanda Campbell is going to share a testimony of how her kids have been teaching her to worship, uh, teaching her kids about the Lord. Her kids have been teaching her. And so I shared um, with these little kids. It was awesome. It was fun. Had some good times with them. And then before I left, I was, went in and I told Dawn goodbye, and she was telling me, this precious story about this little boy in her classroom who they were talking about the story of, of uh, Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water, right? And she said, hey, well, do you want to be, what was his name, Don? Parker? Parker. So Parker, you know what? We could act this out and you can be Peter because don't you want to be Peter? Peter, like, dude, all the rest of the guys have no courage at all. Peter's like, I'll do it. 
And he, I'm going to walk on the water. And he's like, no. It went something like this. I don't know if it's sure exactly how it goes. But he said that he didn't want to be Peter. And she's like, well, why not? And he's like, get this, get this. Because Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. And I don't want to take my eyes off of Jesus. As you go from this place today, that's the best advice I can give you no matter where you're going and what it is you're doing. Fix your eyes on the prize. Worship team, go ahead and come on up. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded with such a great, such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, those who have gone on before us, those who are with us right here, right now, young people, older people, all people, it says, Lay aside every hindrance and sin that so easily ensnares you and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. Jesus came and he had a goal. He had a purpose And he kept his eyes on the prize for the joy that was set before him. And you've heard me say it before. I think it was not only the joy that was us, but it was also the joy of glorifying his father. And he kept his eyes on the prize. And so our prize is to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Whatever that looks like in your context, in your story, in your career, your whatever it is, what does it require of you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus? And is there anything in your life right now that's like blinding you from seeing Jesus? If there is, get rid of it today. Get rid of it quickly. It says, throw off anything that ensnares you. Anything that's like holding you back from running this race. Get rid of it. That's my best advice for you today. Let's pray. Father, we come, we thank you that even if it's not Sunday, we can still walk out our faith in practical ways. And even at times, like when we come into church, sometimes our our focus can be off of Jesus and onto other things. And God, I pray you just center us today back into the thing that matters the most. And, And then obviously as we walk away from this place, that Jesus would be focus. Would we position ourselves this morning, Lord, to be up underneath you? I pray this morning we can in some way get your attention. I pray in some way you can get our attention. (laughs) And that we would choose to follow you regardless of the cost, regardless of, of these other things that are out there that are tempting to us, that are trying to distract us away, that we would just believe that those things are garbage compared to Jesus. So encourage us today in our faith. If we, God, if we need prayer today, if someone needs prayer, let them come. If they have something going on inside of them, let them not be afraid to ask for support and encouragement today. Let us practice it here so that we can practice it as we go from here. We praise you and we thank you.
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.